proclaiming the gospel throughout the world. Bill Winston Ministries is bringing lost souls to Jesus Christ and teaching them how to walk in a victorious life. We invite you to receive all the blessings that God has for your life. Bill Winston Ministries presents The Believer's Walk of Faith. Hello, this is Bill Winston, and welcome to another program. The program that you're watching is called The Believer's Walk of Faith, where we walk by faith and not by sight. We have a really good teaching for you today. It's called Receiving Our Inheritance. Now, this is in a the series that we call Possessing Our Inheritance, but we're in this last area called Receiving Our Inheritance. Now, this is a must-have teaching for the body of Christ. Why? Because it's telling us how to receive what Jesus died to provide. Now, Mark eleven twenty four 24 is one of our major verses that we're using. It says, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Now, don't look at that verse and say, hey, when I pray and after I pray, I'm going to believe I receive. That's not what it said. It says you have to believe you receive when you pray. And that's why a lot of people in the body of Christ have not received what God says is theirs because they're putting it in the future. And there's really no future in that. Once you pray, you must receive what you prayed for as yours then. And only then will God be able to give it to you. Now get your Bibles and pencils and papers ready. Let's go into it. It's called Receiving Our Inheritance. Turn to 2 Kings chapter 18, please. 2 Kings chapter 18. Now in the 14th year of the king of Hezekiah, did Shennesarab, king of Assyria, come against all the fenced cities of Judah and took them. And Hezekiah, king of Judah, sent to the king of Assyria to Lachish, saying, I have offended. Return from me. That which thou puttest on me will I bear. And the king of Assyria appointed unto Hezekiah, the king of Judah, 300 talents of silver and 30 talents of gold. In other words, about $30 million. And King Hezekiah did what? He gave all the silver that was found in the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's houses. And at that time that Hezekiah cut off the gold from the doors of the temple of the Lord and from the pillars which Hezekiah, king of Judah, had overlaid and gave it to the king of Assyria. What is the devil doing now? He's coming after him. And he's coming after him and intimidating him. You hear what I'm saying now? And I mean now, verse 17, and the king of Assyria sent Tartan and Repsaras and Rapshakah from Lachish to the king of Hezekiah with a great host against Jerusalem. And they went up and came to Jerusalem. And when they were come up, they came and stood at the conduit of the open pool, upper pool, which is in the highway of the fullest field. And when they had called to the king, there came out to them Eliakim and the son of Helkiah, uh, which was over the household of and Shebna, the scribe, and Joas, the son of Asaph, at recorder. Verse 19, and Repsica, 
said unto them, Speak you now to Hezekiah. Thus saith the great king, the king of Assyria, what confidence is this wherein you trust? Whoa. And let me tell you, he began to talk about their God. Verse 21, now behold, thou trusted upon the, star, the staff of the, the, this bruised reed, even upon Egypt, on which if a man leaned, it will go through his hand and pierce it. So is Pharaoh, king of Egypt, unto all that trust in him. But ye say unto me, we trust in the Lord God. Is not that he whose high places and whose altars Hezekiah has taken away and has said unto Judah and Jerusalem, ye shall worship before the altars of uh, Jerusalem? Now therefore I pray thee, give pledges, give some taxes now to my Lord. In other words, wait a minute. Who are you trusting in? You mean you trusting in the God that just allowed us to defeat the cities of Israel round about you? I mean, you're you going to trust that? See, now notice what the enemy doing is doing. The enemy speaks words to wear you out. See, he's coming after your confidence. He came after David's confidence. The Goliath began to curse David by his gods. What is he trying to do? Break your confidence. If the devil can get you to bow, or make bad confessions, or start compromising as he comes after your confidence, he will eventually overcome you. That's why there is always exaggeration of strength in battles. It's coming to weaken whoever the enemy is, whoever this one who is boasting is coming against, great boasting weakens the opposition. Muhammad Ali, before he would fight, he would tell him, I'm going to get you, I'm going to get you in three because the days of the and you know, rhyming and so forth. But notice what he would do. He would point right at their face, say, you're going down in two. And you, you follow what I'm saying? Now, what is that designed to do? It's designed to come after your confidence. Lord, have mercy. The, 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 the x-ray that has the disorder on it is designed for your confidence. Now, you gotta, you gotta hear what I'm saying. The, the newspapers that come out with bad reports, it's designed for your confidence. Say amen to this. I'm just saying the enemy uses this because he's got to get your confidence because your confidence shores up your faith. It keeps you bold. It keeps you on the winning team. You see, victory needs confidence. Glory to God. So I'm only saying here, because you're in a battle, now, some people think, well, I mean, I, I must have missed God somewhere because it looked like Satan just coming against me. No, no, no. I, I won't differ with you. 
you have been born in the middle of a war. You have been born in the middle of a war. I mean, look at Jesus. Jesus warred from the time he was born to the time he died. When he was born, Herod put out a thing that says, kill all the babies two years old and under, didn't he? Jesus was born in a war, and you are born in one. You are born in the middle of a war. You're in the middle of a war. Please get that. So every time you try to take some ground, battle is necessary for you to go anywhere. So get ready to fight. Glory to God. But we don't fight naturally. We fight the what? The good fight of faith. Now look at 2 Kings chapter 19, and you see here, and it came to pass, verse 1, when the king Hezekiah heard it, that he rent his clothes, he covered himself with sackcloth and went into the house of the Lord, and he sent Eliakim, which is over, uh, was over the household, and Shebna, scribe, and the elders of the priests, covered with sackcloth to Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos. Now, why do you think he's sending him to, to Isaiah? What do you think he wants from Isaiah? He wants a word because the word is going to give you, come on, it's going to give you confidence. It's going to give you confidence. Folks, I was teaching my staff the other day, and I said, do you all know anything about angels? I said, do you know about it? Do you know they're ministering spirits? Yeah, okay. But do you know they've been sent for you? Well, well oh, oh, okay, yeah. All right. Well, do you know they're in camp around about you right now? Now, that's, that's, that's Psalm 34, 7. Do you know they're around you right now? Do you know right now how strong they are? Well, all you have to do is look over here in 1 Kings. You'll see that one angel destroyed 140,000 men. Well, if that be the case, and Jesus said when they tried to attack him, said, listen, if I wanted to, I could pray the Father, and he would send me 12, come on, legions of angels. Well, if he sends me 12 legions of angels, and a legion is anywhere from 2,000 to 6,000 men, and that's 2,000 to 6,000 angels, let's just take the low side, 2,000. So if he sends me 12 legions of 2,000, how many is that? How many? 24,000. So of 24,000 angels, and one angel destroyed 140,000 men, and I got 24,000 angels for me, how many people do I have the potential to destroy, come on now, with my angels? How many was that? That was how many big? It was something like four billion, wasn't it? Notice what I'm doing. I'm meditating. I'm meditating. See, I just took angels and began to meditate it. Now, knowledge is coming, and you can't build confidence without knowledge. See, knowledge, it puts away fear. 
say, if you are fearing so, oh, I felt like I, man, on my heart. And so I went to the doctor, and the doctor found out you ate some bad pork chop. Okay, so you, all of a sudden, oh, man, I sure am glad of that. What happened? Fear left because knowledge came in. Come on now. Now, the Bible says how fast do angels move? They move at the speed of light. A light. So, okay, light is 186,000 miles per second. That's how fast light moves. So, if angels are moving that fast, that means that angels can circle the earth seven and a half times in a second. See, you never knew that because you never stopped to think about it, to meditate on it, to build confidence, to get bold. Because when you know you got somebody with you, that one of them can destroy 140,000 soldiers. That's not all. You study angels. You'll never fear again. The only reason you fear is because you lack knowledge. You have none. You're just waiting on another sermon. You've never taken one place and selah. Stop right there. Just stop right up here. I'm going to stop at these angels right up here because I'm going to see what I got coming in here with me every Sunday when I come up in here. Now, to activate them, that's in there too. And nothing will hurt you. Now turn to John 16. See this, I, I didn't show you the rest of this. Lord have mercy. Well, anyway, he went, sent him to Hezekiah. Hezekiah sent a note back. He took that note, took it into the house of God, the temple, and he spread it out and began to pray that note. He began to pray the word, but that word gave him confidence. And when that word gave him confidence, it's all over them but to shout. You see, here's the deal about fear. Fear, whatever you fear becomes your master. What did I tell you to turn? John 16. Whatever you fear becomes your master. Oh, Pastor, I feel going broke. That'll become your master. The devil can't do anything to you without fear like God can't do anything for you without faith. Well, Pastor, I fear that, that this, 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 I'm going to get sick. Okay, that's become your master. Do you hear what I'm saying? Yes. A man or woman becomes, naturally becomes the victim of whatever they fear. Amen. That's why you are to fear nothing, Amen. not a thing. You fear old age, you fear accidents, you fear sickness, you fear disease, you fear death, you fear change, you fear failure, you fear you're going to sin, you will sin. You fear success, you fear school, going back to school, you know, yeah, whatever you fear becomes your master. It will govern you. 
You fear sorcery and witchcraft will touch you? It will. Won't touch me. You got to come, come you got you got to understand folks. Fear is Satan's master weapon. He tries to do something to take away your confidence. And once he takes away your confidence, fear pops up. But here's what it says in John chapter 16 and verse 33. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Let me give you another translation. I have deprived Satan of his right and his ability to hurt or destroy you or make you fail. I have deprived Satan of his right and ability to hurt you or make you fail. Nothing can stop you but you. Come on, your auntie can't stop you. Your spouse can't stop you. Your kids can't stop you. Watch this. Racism can't stop you. Come on. Republicans can't stop you. Democrats can't stop you. Independents can't stop you. Come on now. Help me now. I'm taking you into a category that other people in the earth don't have. You are a part of the strongest, most powerful institution that's ever been in the world. Stop looking at yourself like they look at themselves. Stop looking at that news media and complaining and saying the same things that the world say. You don't have to do that. You are a registered overcomer. God has put you on the list. Come on now. What am I saying? I'm saying you go through some scriptures that build your confidence, you rely on. Now understand the devil is deceptive, and that's his job, to deceive people. And he wants to make them fail, of course, because he wants to deceive them. And so he comes with circumstances. But remember, circumstances cannot stop you. I said circumstances cannot stop you. Isaac was in a land of famine. Did it stop him from sowing seed and reaping a harvest? All right, Jacob. Jacob worked for a, a trickster named Laban, and Laban defrauded him out of his money, but did he eventually take everything Laban had? Notice, people who are bosses over you who are stealing your money still can't stop you. How about Joseph? Joseph was a Jew in Egypt. Could racism stop him? No, it couldn't stop him. How about Paul? And Paul, here he was, glory to God. Let, let's turn to that, and we'll finish up there. Turn to Acts chapter 27, verse 20. And neither sun nor, nor stars, neither, and when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was what? Taken away. No hope. No hope in your situation. No hope in that body. No hope in your finances. No hope in your children. No hope. But listen, when you don't have any natural hope, get some supernatural hope. Verse 22, now I exalt you to be of good cheer. Look at that. In the middle of no hope, for there shall no loss of any man's life among you but the, of the ship 
for there stood by me this night what an angel of God whose I am and whom I serve saying fear not Paul thou must be brought before Caesar and lo God has given thee all them that sail with you in other words you the boss now Paul there wherefore serves be of good cheer for I what believe God that it shall be given as it was told to me when the devil comes against you through somebody through some circumstance through some sickness through some disease you need to open up the Bible and say I believe God he said by his stripes I am healed and when you do look what God's gonna do one last verse Psalm chapter 3 please Psalm chapter 3 real quick glory to God you are a registered overcomer I said your name is in the overcoming book God has already put your name there because you gonna get to the other side Look at Psalm chapter 3 and verse 7. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for thou hast smitten all my enemies upon the cheekbone, and thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Let me tell you something. The Bible says Satan, as a roaring lion, seeketh, roameth around, seeketh whom he may devour. Notice what it said. Satan as a lion. It didn't say he was a lion. It says he's trying to act like a lion. You see, God has broken his teeth. You see, he's going to gum you. He's trying to bully you, but he don't have no teeth anymore. God has knocked his teeth out, and you going to get to the other side. Now give the Lord a praise about it, because you are an overcomer. Well, now there are two things that I want you to get out of this particular teaching. One is that battles are necessary to get to where you're going if you're in the kingdom of God. Because what we're doing is we're bringing in and ushering in a new kingdom into a world that has been darkened. So we're coming in with a new kingdom. And then secondly, that no one can stop you from reaching your destiny but you. Now God made it that way. He's made it so that if you stay with his confession, his word, you stay with his thinking, with, with doing things his way, no one, nothing can stop you from reaching your destiny but you. These are two powerful truths. The address and phone number are on your screen. Order it right away. This is something that you must have in your library. It's Mark eleven twenty four. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So it's a, it's a powerful teaching. Well, this is Bill Winston. That's all we have for this time. We'll see you next time. Until then, keep walking by faith. Salvation, wholeness, peace, prosperity, and divine health. These are all part of your inheritance. How long are you going to have to wait before taking possession of the promises that God has already given you? Everything that you need has already been placed within you. Let's go up at once and possess our inheritance, for we are well able to overcome it. Now, what is happening? What is God doing? Now, he's leading people out of Egypt. They're coming to the wilderness, and they're going to Canaan. Now, what does Canaan represent? 
It represents the rest of God. It represents the promised land. It represents the best of God. So God sees you with the best. Receiving Our Inheritance is the third installment of the Possessing Our Inheritance series. In this new series, Dr. Bill Winston clearly teaches what it takes to receive your inheritance. Anytime you're going forward to fulfill the will of God or complete your assignment or get your promise, that battles are necessary for you to get to where you're going. So you're going to have to fight a battle. But you don't fight with sticks and stones and all of that. You fight the good fight of faith. Order Receiving Our Inheritance today, and Dr. Winston will explain why no one can stop you from reaching your destiny but you. Why confidence is essential to winning the battle and much more. Your confidence shores up your faith. It keeps you bold. It keeps you on the winning team. You see, victory needs confidence. To order your copy of Receiving Our Inheritance, simply write to Bill Winston Ministries, P.O. Box 947, Oak Park, Illinois, 60303. Buy bank card at 1-800-711-9327 or online at www.bwm.org. Today's message is available in its entirety on CD or DVD when you use the product number on your screen by writing to Bill Winston Ministries, P.O. Box 947, Oak Park, Illinois, 60303. By bank card at 1-800-711-9327 or online at www.bwm.org. Hello, I'm Bill Winston, and I'd like to introduce my new book. It's called The Law of Confession. Now, this is a powerful book in that it talks about our lives being the sum total of the words that we've been speaking. I mean, virtually you can change your destiny by changing the words that you've been speaking. Well, I call this the law of confession. Now, what is a law? I say a law is a principle that has predictable consequences. So if I take a stone and drop it off of a tall building, I can predict what, how long it's going to take that stone to actually hit the ground. That's because it's a law. It's predictable every time. I don't care if I drop it or you drop it or somebody from, from another country drops it. It makes no difference. The law still works the same. Well, there's a law of confession. And when I say confession, confession for the believer is to say the same thing God says. So in this book, I bring about the fact that It'll revolutionize your life because with your words, you can rewrite your future. In other words, if your life is a sum total of the words you've been speaking, then you can speak different words if you don't like the direction that your life is going and virtually change your life. You see, words are that powerful. And what has happened because we haven't known the value of words, people have been saying anything. Oh, you make me sick. You know, oh, I'm just dying to go. <laughs> Things like that. Well, these are words that have been having an effect on people's lives. They have been causing people not to get to the places that they've been wanting to get to. I recall where the children of Israel were coming out of the wilderness and God was sending them into the Canaan land to receive their inheritance. But they spoke wrong words. They thought wrong thoughts. And because of those words and those thoughts, they never got into the promised land. God had to take a whole new group of people to take them in. Now, my point to you is this, whether a person knows Christ or not, their words are significant and their words are important. 
But when you confess what God says, then God's power gets behind you and makes those words come to pass. In other words, no one can stop you then from reaching your destiny but you. Now all that and more is brought out in this book. It's called the law of confession. That your life is a sum total of the words that you've been speaking. You need to get a handle on your words. Get involved in this law. Guaranteed, you'll reach the destiny that God has planned for your life. Well, it's called the law of confession. And the address and phone number on your screen. You can order it and order it through our website. It's in bookstores. I'm telling you, it'll be a blessing to you. The law of confession. Change your words, change your life. This is Bill Winston. God bless you.